Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Give me two. Hi, welcome to the show. <laughs> what if I did the whole show like this with my eyes just super wide open? I never blinked. I couldn't do that. I don't want dry eyes. It would be odd, but uh, hey, yo, this is the Palazzo Podcast. We're odd people. Anything can happen. He's Benjamin Chase. I'm Michael Govier. This is the Prospects Power Half Hour. We do it every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time live. If you want to participate in the live chat and ask questions about Dynasty Fantasy Baseball, Today we're going to talk about the MLB draft. A little intro, a little teaser for the 2023 draft, which is going to go down starting July 9th. It's in July, right? Right around. Uh, are they doing it on the All Star break now, like they're doing? They're, yeah, they're, it's con- going to continue around the All Star break. So. Okay. So yeah, so it's you know six weeks, five weeks away, roughly, give or take, and we're going to be talking about who the players are that we should at least know off the top of our head. And Ben's got some interesting stuff related to high school pitchers this year and last year. And we were talking about how I totally spaced out on the guy here from Michigan who pitched at Orchard Lake St. Mary's, which is just right up the way here, like 25 minutes away. And I totally forgot his name, and I thought he went in the first round. It turns out his name was Brock Porter, who I have drafted in FYPDs a few times in the preseason. And he went in the fourth round because he wanted too much money. I was totally spaced out on that. But, hey, there's more where that came from. Utah. Two L's, two Z's on Give Twitter. Follow Ben on Twitter, Big Gentle Ben. I'm at MJ Govier. Discord, Patreon, all free. Well, the Patreon starts with three bucks. But there is a free trial right now on the Patreon for seven days. And you can do that now by clicking the link. It's all in the description. And we wanted to talk about, and I think we should do this first, and then we'll get into the draft because that'll take us to the end of the show. But, you know, pitching, Ben. Call-ups. Players that have been called up to pitch in the major leagues this year and some other call-ups. Like, you know, we've got Smith Shaver of the Braves. He's yeah, been called up to be a, and this is a guy you mentioned a couple weeks ago on the show that you were excited about, hopeful about. And he's probably absolutely going to be a reliever in this situation because yeah. their rotation is stocked for now. And he only pitched 68 innings last year across uh, all of his work. So let's talk call-ups. Let's talk about it. Lay it out for us. Well, this kind of just some general 
comments that people have made had me looking a little bit. And so far this year, 93 players have debuted. 60 of those debuts this year have been pitchers. So two-thirds of the players that have been coming up this year have been coming up to pitch, which are making their at least making their major league debut this year. And that does not yet include Smith Schauber because he hasn't yet pitched. And collectively, all of those 60 pitchers have a negative 0.8 war, according to baseball reference. And a collective 523 ERA. And a this is where it gets really, really nasty. A 543, 247 whip. Oh, that is bad. I mean, you're you're coming in with now. There are some guys who've done very well, and that's not to say that everyone has been terrible, you know, but for every guy, every Yuri Perez that's out there, you've had a Gavin Stone or a Brandon Fott. And, you know, and I think folks just don't understand the balance of that, that, hey, these are rookies. This is their first exposure to the league. They're going to have some real big ups and downs. That said, I mean, you have guys, you know, the Miller trio, if you want to call them such. There it you know, is. Mason and Bryce and Bobby. They have some of the most electric stuff in the majors, not just among the rookie class, but they're going to have their ups and downs. We saw what happened with Bryce this week. He finally, somebody actually hit him, you know, but, you know, I think it's going to be very interesting to watch this year because a lot of these guys that have come up, one of the things, the other thing I know is there's already been 118 starts made by pitchers who debuted this year. That's a pretty hefty number. I went back and looked, and last year for the whole year, it was in the low twos. I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head. Wow. So we're already more than halfway to the total from 2022 of starts made by a pitcher that debuted that year good heavens so well that is that is a up. that's a huge number ben and i i just want to say one thing first off uh, christian was saying in regards to shaver aj smith shaver that after the breakdown mm-hmm. christian did of him which you should absolutely check out i retweeted it and you can find it in our discord christian says i think he will be in this role and he'll be able to hold his own yeah and i think yeah, yeah absolutely but as far as what you just mentioned that's a big number because there's been a lot of talk there's every year ben there's always talk about, boy, it seems like there's a lot of injuries. The last couple of years, I seem to hear that again and again. And I I don't know if it's recency bias or if it just sounds like there's more injuries or feels like there's more injuries. But even I mentioned on Rotowire show last week with Jeff Erickson that I thought, wow, it seems like there's been a lot more TBDs in the rotation holes. When I'm looking at MLB probables for the next week ahead, TBD, TBD, who's pitching here? Who's pitching there? A lot more holes, it feels like. And then one other thing about Brennan Fogg who's not the main culprit here. He's just one guy. And in fact, I actually feel a little bit bad for Fought. And I want to take full responsibility, Ben. The first time I heard Brandon Fought's name that I could truly recall was at first pitch, Arizona first pitch last November. I was mm-hmm. moderating a panel on a Friday night with uh, like Jeff Zimmerman and uh, pitcher list, Nick Pollock and Chris Clegg. And we were talking about you know, pitchers to be on the lookout for that were maybe a little deeper after the fact. And mm-hmm. I remember Paul Spore was 
making a joke about <coughs> Brandon Fought, Brandon Fought. <coughs> you know, he's making all these jokes since he was in the crowd. And I was like, oh, Brandon Fought, who's that? I really didn't know who that was in that moment. And ever since then, I got to be honest, I'm not proud of this at all. But I really did just kind of go along with the company line. Like people were saying, this guy's awesome. Mm-hmm. This guy's awesome. Everybody who was anybody, people who know fantasy baseball that I respect, said, Brandon Fault, this guy's going to be legit. This guy's a real deal. Stash him now. He's going to be a big deal. And I should have done more of my own homework. And so really, I'm just blaming myself and being honest about it and coming clean because I I really just went along with the herd on this one. And I, as soon as I started to look at the numbers a little deeper, after he first got called up and got plowed, I was like, boy, a lot of home runs. I know it's a PCL and ball flies out of the PCL, but there's a lot of home runs in this profile. And I want to be, I just want to be honest with you guys. I don't want to lie about it and say, Hey, I make all the perfect calls. I know what I'm doing all the time. I may, may not have made a mistake here, Ben, but the process is what I'm really bummed out about is that I really should have done more of my own homework. And you know, we talked about thought in the show, you and I together. Yep. And I, and we were both, I mean, I, I have like been pumping him. All, I mean, all of last year, I've owned him on a lot of my clubs since before last year. I, that was a guy who I had picked out before the 2022 season because when his control is on, everything else has enough movement to where he generates way above average strikeouts for what you would think with his raw numbers as far as his velocity and things like that. But that requires his control to be on. And he just wasn't when he was up in the majors and it really hasn't been great this year because it's a very hittable pitch yeah i mean his stuff does not have a ton of crazy break it doesn't have a lot of wiggle but he does a really good job locating it and that is what kept hitters so off base last year in the upper minors but you have eight walks 31 hits in 23 and two-thirds innings i mean that's that's not going to work. I mean, just to put it bluntly, you know, a one six five whip. But more than anything, that fastball—it's a fairly straight fastball. And when you're not controlling it, it's going to fly. And that's exactly what happened with him. So, do you honestly think that it, it just didn't work out? It's not like. I mean, he was worth being touted this high, or did maybe we overrate him a little bit? And maybe, just maybe, I'm not. You can't speak for everybody. You'll speak for yourself, like you always do, and so do I on this show, on the Pull of the Podcast. Who else? Utah. Give me two. Maybe we got a little too hyped up on this one guy, and you know there were other options that we could have looked at, been a bit more patient. Uh, I really think this. I honestly think this, Ben. I think it was a bad example of what we talk about in the show, where maybe we all got a little bit too much tunnel vision on thought. I, I do think he got pushed up a lot. And and honestly, I thought where I was on him, thinking he was going to be a legit major league starter this year, as long as the control held, was a pretty rare position. And by the time we got to spring this year, everybody's talking Brandon Pot. And I just thought, uh-huh. well, that's weird, because I don't know that he's that kind of a guy. He's not, he's not an ace guy. He's just not. I mean, his future role he's gonna be a four or if he really does well a three in a major league rotation and for most fantasy teams that means he's 
probably at best your fifth pitcher. That's a, I mean, I, I did not understand where that worked as far as fantasy people going nuts for him. At a real life level, he can repeat his delivery over and over and over again. He could eat up innings. The value he has in real life for a ball club is very, very high. There's a reason a guy, frankly, his own staff, there's a reason why Zach Davies keeps getting jobs. Because Zach Davies, whether you like his numbers or not, he goes out there and he gives you five. Yep. And sometimes gives you a little more than that when he's doing well. But he's going to go out and he's willing to wear it for five if he has to wear it for five. Because he's almost never going to get really stressed out in the way that he pitches. So good point. They're... That's where I thought Fott was Fott's role was, which didn't make a lot of sense that that would be a fantasy guy that everyone was on. Yes, you're right. I mean, I I had him in a number of fantasy leagues because I like having guys like that. I mean, I roster Kyle Gibson in a number of places. Yeah, you know that's the you know. Wade Miley when he's doing well. That's the type of pitcher that Brandon Fott is. He's that type of a pitcher. You're never going to break your draft, make or break your draft on a on a guy like that. Because there are a half a dozen to a dozen of them floating around every year that the year before had a 6 ERA. This year they're going to post a 3.85, and they're going to be worth putting out there for the 200 innings or 180 innings that they give you because they show up every week. And the that's other side of that, though, well, yeah, that's right. The other side of that, trying to make the case that, well, we should have been talking about Bryce Miller more. Well, I would say that's incorrect because, first off, the reason Bryce Miller got the call was because Robbie Ray died. They lost mm-hmm. Robbie Ray. He's toast. So that was a radical moment that required a radical move to call up a guy from double A. And now I know we're starting to see... Maybe not many more, but you know, last year, and this is again what Atlanta does, as you've talked about, and Christian talked about in his outstanding article on my Twitter feed, MJ Govier, is that, and also follow him on Twitter. It's a uh, was it CC underscore Cres- Crespo twenty four. I always screw it up off the top of my head, Christian. I'm sorry, but Christian Crespo on Twitter for sure. The point being is, <laughs> there are certain teams that will take radical moves and call up more players from double a like Michael Harris last year. And, and then Bryce Miller this year from double a for Seattle was a special occasion. And I know Yuri Perez was also called mm-hmm. up this year. So going back to Christian's point, do you think that this had something to do with it, that these younger pitchers are more experienced with the pitch clock? So they're going to come up maybe even from double a a little more often. I think certainly when you had, uh, if you needed quick, a quick start, let's a fill-in start. If you're looking at, let's see, I have, you know, a reliever that I can bring in and stretch him out for three, or and, you know, yeah, sure. Normally he goes one and he's fine in that one inning, but you know, pitch clock is probably every so often is going to get him. Even as a reliever, do I really want to stretch him over three innings and likely see, potentially? one or two base runners that show up or even, you know, handling the running game is another part of it. You know, these minor league guys have had to deal with some of these throwover rules and some of these other, you know, some of the uh, more advanced steals type of rules to where they're used to guys being able to run a lot. They're used to working within that system and your reliever that's maybe been a you know, a veteran reliever for a number of years isn't. And so therefore you bring him in for three innings and 
you know, the other team runs like crazy on him. Well, that's you don't want that as a manager. It's a whole lot easier to bring up, for instance, a Dylan Dodd who maybe isn't ex- extremely – he isn't an ace by any means, but he's going to go out there and – I think if I remember right out of his, what has he made? I think four starts or five starts now at the major league level this year. I want to say half of them have been six innings, which as a manager, that's what you want. If he goes out and he gives up six, gives up six runs in six innings, but he can, you know, manage the base flow or manage the, the flow of the game and your offense is supporting him such, you'll take that all day long. You know, it's yeah. just, it's not, a pretty situation, but it saves arms in your bullpen. These guys know how to work within the system. Yeah, you want that. And yeah, I think that's absolutely spot on that it's it gets tough to it gets tough for a major league club to bring in someone on new rules like this that haven't ever seen them before. You know, yeah, it, it makes sense that the younger pitchers have an advantage. And so yeah. Okay, so actually, this is not six. He went five in three of his four starts. Okay, which you know that's that's not nothing. He had one blow up start with seven runs and four and a third innings. You take that one start out, and he's about a four ERA guy. That's kind of what you expect out of a back end guy. I, before the year, I compared him in a scouting report to J. A. Happ. This is a great J. point, J. A. Happ. Being a four ERA guy with a 120 whip, not going to give you a ton of strikeouts, but he's going to go out every game, grab the ball for five innings, and maybe more. That's the type of guy that some of these guys are. And what we need to be careful on is, yes, we have the Millers. We have Yuri Perez. Those guys are elite talent type guys that have been called up this year. But in general, a lot of these guys that have been called up have been called up because they can go out there and give five and they understand the rules. So, I mean, that's what's rare to do in, in this stuff. And so, I don't know. Um, one other one that just got called up recently that I wanted to highlight, we never got to him last week, but uh, Lucas Ersig with the A's, he was a huge prospect as a minor leaguer, E-R-C-E-G. Yeah, he is. he was a prospect as a hitter for a number of years and then made the change to the mound. The raw stuff there is nuts. He's got 10 strikeouts and in seven innings so far and watching him in his first couple of games. I don't know if they have a guy with better stuff in the Oakland bullpen. Hmm. And if you want to think about a potential speculative save ad for, I don't know that he's going to take over that role mid year. And you're talking about an Oakland team that might win. 50 games all year, if that. 50? Yeah, 45. Well, <laughs> I mean, you always assume you always assume that the like your worst team is going to start at 60 and go down from there. So, you know, it's, it's hard for folks to think about that 60 wins, even a team that loses 100 games has won 60 times. That's just... Yeah. You know, so... Well, it's a long season. It's 162 games. Plus, they took yeah. it to your Braves recently, too. <clears throat> you know, though, it was a lot of group pitching in that series. They got a solid start each time that didn't go very long, but a solid start to the game. Yeah. And then the bullpen just came in and cleaned up each game. That was really impressive. So, 
but I love watching Irving pitch, and I think he has got a long-term future at the back end of a bullpen. So okay. just a, a quick That's... little thing for folks to notice out of the many, you know, after, out of the 60 names that have debuted <laughs> this year and tossed, tossed a little bit. Yeah, they're all really over. Stood out recently. Yeah, and the Oakland has a lot of young arms they can bring up, they'll continue to bring up, because they've just traded away a lot of players, the Yankees and other teams that have brought over the J.P. Sears and the Ken Waldachucks, and now we got the Luis Medinas, we saw the Mason Miller for a minute, and now Ursig. So there are bad teams that will have more opportunities to pitch younger pitchers because they got nothing going on. They're not trying to win. Well, they're not. The Oakland's not trying to win, so don't try to t- sell it to me any other way. It's just a total sham shit job. It really is. Uh, Chad's here. Chad, always glad to have you in the chat, my friend. Chad's the man. Chad says, on the topic of the draft, is this class as underrepresented as I think? And is it because so much focus has been on the race between Skeens and Cruz? All right, it's good to stop as any to switch over to some 2023 MLB draft talk here, my friend. What do you think of that initial topic? I don't think so. Um, the be, For one thing, because nearly anyone you talk to around the game says it's a five-man draft. So it's not just the two guys from LSU. It's not Skeens and Cruz. In fact, we're starting to hear a lot more rumors, and this could get a lot louder than that, but a lot of rumors that number one may not be either one of those two. Mm. Um, Because a guy like Wyatt Langford in most years coming from Florida, doing what he's doing this year at Florida, would be a slam dunk number one. But on the you know, on the college hitter board, he's going against Cruz, who's putting, who's an all-time talent. Um, one of the things you're starting to hear is that folks might, there may be a a high school guy go number one along the lines of when Royce Lewis did, because the Twins knew they could get Lewis for a little cheaper than the other options that year, mm. and there were some really good number one options in the year that Lewis went. Um but they chose to go with Royce Lewis because they knew they could they could go a little bit of they could go a little bit lower in price. And the, some of the words you're hearing is that someone like Max Clark or Walker Jenkins could end up being that top overall pick. Oh, uh, Christian says fade Max Clark. Yeah, well, there's a lot of folks that, and especially, don't like his attitude and. I guess I don't know. I'm I watch his raw talent and I've heard a number of interviews with him where I like the way he speaks about the game, but quite frankly, I heard interviews with Trevor Bauer and loved the way he talked about baseball too. So <laughs> you can't always judge a person just by the way that they talk about the game of baseball. Yeah, Trevor Bauer became a much different person as the years went on, I would say. He was a very yeah. quiet. I mean, he had his I will say, though, with Trevor Bauer, he did come out and show that he was an individual from the start because he was, you know, oh, he's yeah. got his own throwing program and his own, he wasn't going to follow the norms and he was going to long toss all the time, et cetera. There are always little things you can look for in a profile of a draftee and see, like, well, well maybe this guy. I mean, who cares necessarily if he fits in a team concept? Sometimes you do just, just need the talent. I get that. You can't have everything. Mm-hmm. And this, this draft, but I'll tell you, there's going to be a lot of – a lot of college hitting early and there's 
some pretty solid depth up the middle in college right now uh, that's going to be in this draft. One of the hottest names you're hearing right now as far as moving early is Kyle Teal, who's a catcher from Virginia. Um, I think B.A. had him like 10 or 12 or something like that in their last rank. Um, But he has been moving up a lot. And he's one of those guys who was an athlete and moved behind the plate. Well, you know, with some of the stuff we're starting to see with the emphasis on guys who can move around and can control the running game from behind the plate, getting an athlete behind the plate again is a highly valued thing again. Um, and so he does need a lot of work to his game, but his bat is really, really, really impressive. Um, so I could see him being a guy that moves up farther than most folks think. I have not heard his name near one, which honestly for the pirates, it would make very little sense to draft a guy who's right now positioned as catcher. Yes. Um, you, got, <laughs> you got Andy and Henry Davis. They got plenty of catchers. Yeah. Red alert. Red alert. Commercials incoming. Please be prepared to ignore them. These people are not your friends. These messages are intended to make you feel bad or that something is missing from your life. Red alert. Commercials incoming. Prepare to enable the use of your 15-second skip-ahead button. You are in terrible peril. Red alert. Red alert. Commercials incoming. In three... Two, one. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. But guys like Jacob Wilson and Jacob Gonzalez are two long-proven shortstops at the college level. And what? Jacob Wilson's from GCU. <laughs> yeah. And he that's where has. I, that's where I got. I'm finishing my master's at. It's an online school. Wow, they yep. really are. That'd be hilarious. I don't know why that's blowing my mind right now, but it's very, very much blowing my mind that there's going to be a top ten MLB draft pick from Grand Canyon. That's crazy. Their baseball program is quite good uh, overall, but 
You know, this is his dad is Jack. His dad is Jack Wilson. Oh, Jack! Time major league pirates. Yeah. yeah, very very good defender, and he comes with the same blood. Very 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 good defender. Love Jack Wilson. Um, and Jacob Gonzalez may be a guy that moves to second or third, but I mean he has just been in the middle of so much in his career at Mississippi. He just he's you hate to make this type of a comparison, but he's kind of like the way Jeter was as a pro, where you just don't know how he ends up doing it. But in the ninth inning, he's always ends up at the bat, <laughs> and wow. he seems to always come through with a hit or. He's making this unbelievable play from shortstop that, yeah, it's really not textbook. It's not what you'd like a shortstop to look like, but it gets the job done. It gets the out, and he seems to make those plays late in a ball game or during the middle of a rally to snuff out a rally so much. (laughs) Well, yeah, look at that. He helped Mississippi win their first ever World Series right there. Yep. As a freshman, that's that's not nothing. That's you know that yeah. you got to take that into account. And he's been he's been a very active part of that program for the last few years. He's, I think he's going to be a good consolation prize. I think your top five prospects are kind of set in Cruz, Skeens, Langford, Jenkins, and Clark. And basically, the team picking six is just kind of hoping. Somebody decides to get cute to not pick one of those five. Well, why did Christian uh, say Dollander maybe with the question mark? He did throw that in the because comments here. Coming into the season, uh, a lot of places had Dollander, Chase Dollander ranked as the number one overall prospect um, oh. in the draft. He is an exceptional arm. He has had a really crappy season for Tennessee. Um, control hasn't been there. But this is a guy... Quite frankly, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we go through College World Series, which, by the way, College World Series playoffs start this weekend. So, you know. Yeah. Did you hear about uh, (laughs) what's going on in Lexington, Kentucky? They're hosting one of the regionals, and there's a uh, music festival going on at the same time. So all the hotels are sold out. So Kentucky is offering up their dorm rooms as a place to stay for the teams and the families and the people who want to go watch the regionals in Lexington, Kentucky. And some poor sap is going, man, they're going to move my, they're going to move this or that in my dorm room. No, it's summertime, so <laughs> no, most those, likely they, they don't have anything going those on. Those things are empty. That's right. Those things, well, except the sports ones. Those people are, sports yep. dorms are special, guys. We all know the truth there. Uh, Christian says, and Ricky Banfield Jr. is going to be one to climb closer mm-hmm. to the draft. Might not have the flash, but very well-rounded. Enrique Banfield yep. Jr., he is an outfielder from Vanderbilt, which, hey, you've got a guy who's started for multiple years at Vandy. You've got a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bradfield, on the 20 to 80 scale of running, is about an 85. Uh, he's he's just ridiculous he's, fast. So he's like Vince Coleman and, or Estuary Ruiz. But he has more balance to his overall profile. I, oh. I honestly think he could be a guy to have that kind of speed and still get, you know, I don't want to guarantee home run rates, but I think he's going to be a guy that's going to tally up a bunch of extra base hits in his career, in his career. Um, well, let's do a pop quiz here real quick. How, what was the most home runs you think Vince Coleman ever hit in a season? 
I'm going to say probably he probably. I, I think he cracked double digits once. I'm going to say 14. You say seven? I said seven. I was just, yeah. Oh, and Ben wins. Uh, none of us were correct, but the highest he ever did. 1990, Vince Coleman cranked six dongs right. his final year with the Cardinals before he left for the Mets in 91. Six dongs for Vince Coleman. Wow, what do I know? Uh, we also have a question here from Sound Money, also known as Bob Doe in our Discord. Bob Doe. Uh, here's my dumb question. I picked up Namala. Am I dumb? I I really like his overall his overall report, but one of the reasons why he's he's pushed up in this draft class is well, can I we clarify who that is, by the way? I don't know who Namala okay. is. I'm coming right. clean. Arjun Namala is okay. his name. He's a high school shortstop out of Florida. Um and he is I wanna say he might be the youngest guy out of most top one hundred lists for this draft. Because there's some guys who are a little farther back that are going to be a little bit younger. But one of the reasons he's pushed up a lot is because he is quite young. He's only like 17 and a, he's only going to be 17 and a half or so at the draft. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. that's pretty darn young. Um, he reclassified into this class, I believe. Um, so he jumped up from, he would be a, typically a junior. But yeah, the comps that you get on him are guys that are you that hit for a ton of power and also have raw speed. So, but kind of loose on their plate discipline stuff. And I've heard I've heard Alfonso Soriano a number of times with him. Ooh. I don't know if he has that much power, but I mean, you start thinking like the names that I've heard a number of times are. Ron Gant and Alfonso Soriano. Ron and Gant! That's, I mean, you're talking a couple of guys who put up quite a few 30-30 seasons. And, you know, I I think he's got that kind of power. Where he ends up defensively, I'm just not sure. He's got a really good arm, but I'm just not sure if he's going to stick it short. And, you know, if if he moves to second, if he moves to third, I think he'd be fine either way. I think he could probably be a very good corner outfielder. Um, mm. Not sh- not sure if he's got. I mean, center you got to have those instincts in center. So you, you know, I have no idea of what he looks like in center. Um, yeah, he's a few he, years off though. I mean, like oh, just yeah. looking at him, it's clear he's that, got. <laughs> that's the other thing I was going to say is he's got. He's going to have a number of years before he's in the majors. So right. I, I think he's a guy, but he's a guy who, if you're rostering him, you might have to wait till 2025 before you even know if you truly have a guy. Um, That's because fair. He's, gonna, he's not going to really hit. He's Well, for sure, he's not going to hit upper minors until probably even mid-2025. So, hey, unless he's Jackson Holiday. Well, <laughs> isn't that? Yeah. That's just been nuts. Uh, we're at a half hour and I gotta go. I got a lot more stuff to do, but I want to get this point in because Uncle Ted's here. He said, "What up? What's up, Uncle Ted?" Big Ben Brown triple exclamation points. Yeah, I I love Ben Brown. I have loved Ben Brown since he was in the Phillies org, and he to start this year was a guy who benefited a lot from that tacky ball in the Southern League. 
but he's been up in AAA now for a little bit. And there were some people when they recently had a call up saying that maybe Ben Brown should be that guy because he's now made more starts in AAA than he did in AA. But just to kind of show some of the difference uh, in that tackified ball and what it was doing for him, he had six walks in 20 innings in double A and walks have always, or control has always been a thing for Brown. He's always had good strikeout rates, but getting the ball where he wants it has always been an issue. Well, now in triple A in five starts, he's thrown 24 innings and he's walked 12. Um, so that's significantly up. That said, he's also struck out 36. So, um, and the great part is he's right on 100 batters faced. So there's your percentages. 12 and 36 are your percentages. A 12% walk rate is not not something you want. <clears throat> and I'm sure the Cubs are going to – would like to see him have more success. Um, well, Steele's, Steele's on the IL, and then they called West Nasky back up. So we know that for now. Uh, but Ben Brown watch will continue. There's no doubt about it. Yes. Uh, A.V. Lex says, real quick, you guys think M. Duvall will be as good as he looked for the rest of the season? Well, I mean, he Ugh. started out this year way above anywhere anything he's ever done in his career. No, that, no. Come on, man. Look what he did in Atlanta. He had the stupid year there. I well, don't know how he does yeah, it, man. With it's power, amazing. But with right. power, I mean, it was like 260 with power. This year, he was hitting like 500 with power and so well, right but that's so, what he does right he, he'll just go on a tear and then he'll cool down but the power will still come on occasion you're right so yes it was more than what he was even in his finest hour but yeah. i i expected all that to level off eventually but you're, you're not wrong that's true okay i'll give you that but okay I, so here here you go in his best in that 2021 year that uh actually it looks like atlanta Okay, 2020 is the year that I was thinking, where he, he hit 16 bombs in that shortened season. Oh, yeah. Luke Voigt was the home run king that year. That yeah. year's Nobody cares about 2020, especially me. But he hit 237 that year, too. The next exactly. year, he, he led the National League in RBI, had 38 home runs, and hit 228. <laughs> so, I mean, this isn't a Duval, or, or this is Duval. This isn't an Adam Dunn sort of situation where – He's going to hit 228 and still have a 400 OBP because he mm -hmm. hit 228 and had a 281 on base. I mean, that's the type of player he is. He's going to strike out a ton. He's going to he's not going to walk a ton for you. That's who he's been. But he's very, very, very good outfield defender and hits the ever loving stuff in out of a baseball. He does. So you just you're going to go through some pretty dry times. <laughs> as far as batting average is concerned. Like, for instance, that year that he hit 38 home runs, he had 17 doubles. That should tell you the quality of contact he's making when a guy who has the power to hit 38 out only has 17 doubles. That's right. Patrick says, with great power comes great responsibility. And unfortunately, he's not very responsible when it comes to getting on base consistently. So, uh, yeah. that, that's a, and with the wrist injury, too, I mean, come on. I know he'll probably come back, and all the injuries these days are defying the odds, and well, Tuvi comes back way early, and, hey, I'm great again. It's just, I, very dubious, especially when you got hand or wrist issues as a power hitter. It's got to have some impact, and we'll see how that plays out. But as we go, Ben, 
just want to mention my Tigers called up Reese Olsen to start Friday, mm-hmm. uh, who has been a little bit better in some recent starts, but overall this year he's been much worse than he was last year in the minors. But I guess they see a trend recently where they feel like, hey, Reese Olsen, he looks like he's pitching better, so let's give him a shot. You know, we, we've got holes to fill on this pitching staff. Uh, real quickly, Reese Olsen, any excitement? Or was it a fluke year last year in the minors? I okay. I've I've liked Reese since he was a high school pitcher coming out of Georgia. I really I was amazed. He lasted till the thirteenth round before the Brewers picked him, and I thought that that was just way 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 too late. But so I've been following him since, and really in, enjoyed how he's developed. But he's just he's a guy whose stuff reminds me a lot of that review I gave on Brandon Fott. If he can keep the ball where he wants to keep the ball, he's going to generate a number of swing and miss. He's just because it's got enough wiggle. It's got enough stuff there to where he's going to get some very good results. But in general, he doesn't keep the ball where he wants to keep the ball. And yeah, in the last two starts he had in the minors, both he went both times he went five, which by the way, he had not gone five innings in a single start up until that point. Um, but he went five in both of his last two starts with a combined two walks between those two starts and 19 punch outs. But I mean, the previous three starts, he had at least three walks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's just, you, you have to be, I'm not going to jump out and get him. Let's put it that way. And it's probably going to take four or five starts before I would be comfortable with rostering him in a redraft. And by then, probably he's been picked up because, ooh, boy, rookie coming out having four or five good starts. Ooh, let me have that. And so I'll probably end up missing out on him, which I'm kind of okay with this year. Uh, But I will say if I think he could be a guy who gets a good, good beating this year, to put it bluntly, and learns some things from it and comes back, I've really liked watching the way he progresses year to year because he does get his brains beat in at times and then figure some stuff out and he responds and changes what he's doing and has more success. That's been the pattern of his career. I just don't know. If you don't have the ability to handle taking the beat in that he's going to probably get, it might be just best to let somebody else handle that. Well, he's taking on resources. Debut will be against the Chicago white Sox in Chicago on the south side. Which you can't ask for, ask for much better of a lineup to go against right now. Because I was just going to say that. They are bottom yeah. four as a team in baseball. Bottom four in MLB in WRC Plus as a team. They have an 82 WRC Plus against right-handed pitching this year. So yeah, just... check the trends on that. Maybe recently it's been a little better, but I highly doubt it, most likely. And I think Reese also could surprise, you know, there's nothing like the element of a new arm that they don't have a lot of experience with to kind of take advantage of a lineup. But I agree with you. He could get burned after the fact once teams make some adjustments, but Hey, who knows how long he'll stick around to the Tigers uh, have had some disappointing injuries here recently with Eduardo Rodriguez and Riley green going on the IL. Very sad, Go Tigers! but uh, it's, it's already a winning season, baby. They're, 
Two games under 500. They're so it's June 1st. They're so close to 500. It's mind blowing, and they're in the hunt with the Twins. That's not real at all. That will totally be much wider by the time August rolls around. I promise you this. Because when June kicks in, to me, this is when the teams really start to separate themselves. Like, okay, we've been screwing around for two months. It's time to kick it into high gear, and then you know, and then they take off. And I expect the Twins to be. And actually, Cleveland scored 12 runs yesterday at Baltimore. They may have woken up their offense in that game, and they could start to pick things up as well. So, still, Ben, we're still pro. In fact, the fact that those teams were facing each other, I can't believe they didn't make a trade while Cleveland was in town with Baltimore. Say, hey guys, <laughs> we got you here. Let's make that deal. We've been talking about. We've been hearing the plots of podcasts. Ben Chase and Michael Govey have been talking about that big trade that needs to go down between Baltimore and Cleveland. So let's make it happen. It's like, hey, we're just going to leave behind one of our pitchers and take one of your <laughs> outfielders with us. Is that yeah. cool? You know, that, that would just would have been real smart of Cleveland to do. But you know, I don't. I it, and same thing. I guess if you want to put St. Louis into the same batch as Baltimore, St. Louis desperately could use an arm. They have so many outfield bats. I mean, Cleveland might be in a catbird seat right now going into July, and yet they don't know for sure if they're buying or selling. You know, so do they – you don't want to go out and acquire someone who's a veteran that's – on his last, you know, you don't want to acquire someone who's going into free agency in a year or two if you're selling off because you want to get a guy that's going to be there for a long time. You want to pursue the Jordan Walker. You want to pursue the the Colton Kowser, someone like that, who's going to be around for quite a while. But I don't know if the Indians are going to, you know, or, geez, <laughs> ah, mind on me, but I don't know. If gonna, I don't know if wow, going to dude. Truly selling, or if they're actually going to truly be buying, because they, the central is going to keep them in. <laughs> I mean, the Twins aren't going to likely pull away. I can't imagine the Royals are going to do a whole lot to stop them. Um, uh, by the way, uh, Twins set down Eduardo Julian today, even though he proved. He is a MLB regular. Mm-hmm. He's proven that. Even it's a small sample size. I get that, but you, it's just so obvious. Opposite power. He's got it all. He he's a leadoff hitter for them too. When he's, it's just a weird situation. We got to hey, you be our leadoff hitter on our MLB squad. Now you're going back down to AAA, mm-hmm. and that just shows you how much talent the Twins have. And they're just another name on a long list of teams that are in contention, want to make a run, who need to make a trade because there's an overabundance of position players. I I didn't mean to be a uh, cruel or like to be harsh to, I think it was uh, Jay Johnson in the discord earlier was saying, Matt Walner's on fire in triple a. I'm like, well, who gives a shit? There's no, yeah. I mean, he got sent down just recently. Does He could be hotter than hell. There's no room for him. They just sent down Eduardo and, Julian. So that tells you everything you need to know about whether Matt Walner yeah. will come back up. And, Sadly, Matt's probably – I compared Matt to a guy that you might remember with the, the Twins years and years ago, and Tom Brunanski. Yes. And, you know, mostly power-focused, not a lot else to his game. But a very good, like, clubhouse-type person. A person you want in your clubhouse, and he's probably going to hit quite a few home runs for you. That's a yeah. nice guy to have. The Twins have a lot better guys in raw baseball talent right now, which is just ridiculous to consider that, in all seriousness, he might be about the sixth or seventh corner outfield option for the Twins right now, and that guy would be starting and batting fourth or fifth for Cleveland. 
<laughs> you right. know, now I don't see the twins in Cleveland making that trade, but that's, I mean, just imagine what you could do with that kind of a, a bat in Cleveland's lineup. That's, you know, sell out for power and actually gives you power. No, not like Josh Bell, uh, but you know, a guy mm-hmm. who has the ability to hit for power. Josh Naylor. Well, yeah. Although he's, he's had his moments this year. He just hasn't done it consistently. Right. Well, he last year he showed the flair for the dramatic. He's it was clutch hitter. He had that whole weekend series against the Angels a few weeks back where he hit a home run to give yep. them the lead in every game of that weekend series. And you're right. And then he chills out and people are like, oh, I gotta drop him. And then he has a monster game like he has against Baltimore with home run, six RBIs and a steal just to put the cherry on top, which is just yep. a the fantasy dream right there. That's a, that was one of the best stat lines of the season actually so far. Yeah. In terms of a hitter stat line for fantasy, but uh, all right, we're gonna go. It's been great to talk to you guys. I hope you enjoy the show. Me and Benjamin Chase is always on the prospects power half hour. Follow us on Twitter. Paul Lotso podcast. Two L's two Z. Utah. Follow Give me two. on Twitter. Big gentleman. I'm an MJ Govier. We're in the Discord. That's totally free. The links in the description. It's all over the place. It's very easy to find the plots of Discord. If you are afraid of Discord. You're like, oh, uh, it seems like a strange place where, like, uh, you know, government officials give away secret files and there's, like, weird QAnon shit or something going on. No, it's not like that. It, there are very normal discords that are just chilling. We're, we talk baseball. We talk about life. We offer food. We got everything in our discord, and we're not out to hurt anybody. We, yeah, we're quality people. It's a quality discord. Just ask any of these guys in the live chat. They'll tell you. They'll vouch for you because, really, the discord is made up of people like them. It's not just me and Ben or... Christian Crespo or uh, Crosby Spencer, who's got his own channel. He's really good with analytics, making up his own stat models. We got everybody in there all day. The questions they ask for ideas for other people to make their own decisions with their rosters. I think it's a really beneficial place, and we hope to have you aboard sooner than later. Uh, by yeah. the way, sorry, yeah, audio last week uh, disappeared, so if you want to catch last week's Prospects Power Half Hour, you can still catch it, but it's only on the YouTube, so sorry about that. This week, I'm sure there will be no storage issues, and you will be hearing it. In fact... You're literally, even though this is live right now, somewhere later in the future, someone's hearing this in audio format on a podcast. Isn't that weird? Hello, future. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good weekend. Enjoy your baseball stuff. And uh, don't forget, I'll be back tomorrow with the big mystery guest, someone who's going to be new addition to the Palazzo Podcast world. Who's it going to be? It's going to be somebody. And you'll find out tomorrow live at 4 p.m. Eastern time on the Palazzo Podcast channel. Bye-bye! Power prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a king. Wander Franco is your one true love. For a prospect, you'll trade all the When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.